This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on X slash Twitter slash whatever it's become. I am at Jason Perrone. For once in a lifetime, you do not have to listen to my voice for however long this show is going to be because I am joined by Packer Twitter legend, Umar Desai, who is, everybody knows who you are, so I don't I don't need to, to intro you any further, but thanks for coming on the Quick Slides Podcast. So glad to have you here. Go Pack Go, Packers preseason. We ready to go? I think so. I think so. Hey, first off, I want to thank you for having me on the show and even thinking of me uh legend man you are way too kind i just i just think that we all have the same love and uh, support and admiration for the packers and i think that i love the fact that we all had that same united goal for us to see our packers do well all right so so if i'm being real if i'm being real and this is this is speaking to one person in particular who you know i don't even remember, remember their name but there are some questions about whether or not you're a real person so i guess you coming on this podcast answers that question like you're real. It's it's for sure. I'm looking right at you right now. It's it's true. It's official. Not a bot. I appreciate you confirming that I'm not an AI generated uh, bot over here. You know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I was. Uh, I'm one of the few Indians, I guess, born in born in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, family moved there when I was a, before I was born, and then uh, I met. I used to say I was the only Indian born in Green Bay, and that I met four others in DC one time. So I can't now say that anymore. <laughs> um, but diehard Packers fan. I um, left there when I was like three, four years old, and then uh, growing up, when I first started watching football in the mid '80s, uh, my parents were like, "We're in Virginia at that point." My parents were like, "Well, you're you're born in Green Bay, so you should be a Packers fan." And we all know in the mid '80s the Packers weren't that great. But at that point, I was like, "Yeah, you got a good point," and that's where it stuck. And then I had to go through some tri- years of trial and tribulation, and then. Mr. Favre came, well, he actually had Magic Man who was there, Lynn Dickey, Magic Man, and then after that, Favre came in, and off we went, right? So, no, um, I hope I, I literally had a copy of my birth certificate I was literally going to post on Twitter to prove, but I figured if I did that, they were going to say it's all fake, too, so I was like, you know, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> oh, for sure. Somebody will find a way, right? Uh, yep. No no doubt. Yeah, that was, I was going to ask you, like, tell us about your, your story, your origin story, and, and you and I kind of sync up there because I I caught the very tail end of the Mikowski Packers and then Favre came and like you said from there it was it was all over we were hooked for life and and I also as a transplant somebody who's lived most of my life on the west coast in Arizona still very connected to the Packers and and kept that fanhood there and and despite moving the rest of my sports allegiances out here to to uh, the Phoenix area. But yeah, I mean, you got your Packers fan. It's in your blood. Like always, you got your carry the G shirt on. I got my Packers t-shirt on. Like it's all good. It's all good things. And we get really, really antsy when this off season, off seasons are so damn long. Like they're yes, just they so really long. Mean. It's so painful. So to finally see some Packers football and this season of any more intriguing, more exciting. I think you're probably in the same camp of like, hey, I'm excited as hell for this season because you don't know what to expect. Like with Rodgers, it was like, all right, we should win the obligatory 12 or 13 games, but might we screw it up, right? And there's that pressure, but at least you know there's going to be some playoffs. You're probably going to win the division, right? It's a little bit of a spoiled fan mentality. This year, we don't know. It's all completely it's all completely up for grabs. So, I mean, let's just start there. The game happened. We all know the Packers end up winning the preseason game, but there wasn't about winning and losing. It was about the players. So we have to start with the obvious, which is 
Jordan Love. So the game overall, and I don't know if, if you had a chance to watch it or have had a chance to watch it back yet, but what was your take overall on the team? And let's start with Jordan Love. Obviously, he he was out there for a couple series. Like, you know, what stood out to you? I think a common thing we know as Jordan Love is that when he came into, like, practices, all OTAs, training camp, right, he always needs a little bit of time to kind of warm up, right? And then once he warms up, it's like, you know, starting that engine and laying and run for a little bit, right? He starts warming up, and next thing you know, he really starts clicking. So he had that first drive where, you know, he had a couple, made a couple plays, but he missed Musgrave, and you're like, damn, all right. After that, you could just tell he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And by his own words, he says, hey, man, I'm a baller, and I'm going to show people that I'm a baller. And I really feel like that really came out in that second and third series. He was just, I mean, he was just nonstop, like, making the right checks. The protection was amazing. And I have to admit, I give credit to Myers because Myers looked pretty good, right, Zach? Zach Tom Bombadil on the right tackle was awesome mm-hmm. too. But Jordan was able to manipulate the defense with his eyes. He was able to make the right reads, go through his progression. I mean, we all seen it, right? He just he just looked comfortable. I think the biggest thing you notice like with quarterbacks that start starting as a first, second year, I mean, you saw him when he was coming through preseason and even in the Kansas City game. He just looked really like – he just looked uncomfortable, right? It's like playing pool. Like whenever you're taking a shot, you always want to make sure you're taking a comfortable shot because the more likely you'll make it if you're making an uncomfortable shot, right? Right. Jordan, I felt like the same way too. I really felt like he got in. Once he got those jitters out the way, he, he really looked like the quarterback that I think can lead this team and – maybe surpass some expectations that folks have. DJ Reader himself said after the joint practice, hey, I'm a defensive lineman, so I don't know all the, the mechanics of quarterbacking, but that dude carried himself like a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's high praise from a guy who's starting across from him on another team that doesn't know him. I think we saw some more feedback coming out of the game that Jordan Love does look like he's got that command. You mentioned we were talking before the show, uh, Orlovsky's breakdown. The, everybody's going to be looking at his poise. And I talk all the time because I'm not an X's and O's. So I'm not a big film person. You know, that I leave that to the to the Dusty Evelys, Ben Fennell, like Andy Herman, all those guys. And, you know, I wouldn't leave anybody out, everybody who does great film work. But I'm like, what did the eyeball test say? What did that tell me that happened? Yeah. And that's what everybody's going to be looking at. And I thought Love played great. I mean, he's carrying this team. I think the team looks at him as... As a leader, I don't think Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari and those guys talking about how he carries himself in the huddle, I don't think that's just them blowing smoke. I think they truly believe in him and he truly is the voice in the huddle. And it's like, okay, that's that. He's that one voice that we can we can get behind. And they're going to play hard for him and, and as they should. I mean, he made some really, really good throws. The throw to Musgrave, you know, that, that one was a little bit frustrating just because it reminded me, you talked about the warm-up period, right? The beginning of the game. Remember when Brett... Like he would in some games, he would come out and his first pass would go into the third row, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you remember those mm-hmm. days? Like it was a fastball, yep. like just Shaq could have couldn't have caught that ball, right? <laughs> and he just absolutely gunned it and overthrew it. But hopefully, like like you were saying too, like we were talking about before, that's a mechanical thing. Hopefully, he can fix, and I think he probably will. Now, let's talk about. Obviously, we know the deep shot to Watson. That was a good play by the safety. But I love the idea there. Like, hey. Throw it, be confident, let your let your receiver make the play. After listening to some breakdown on it too, Andy did a uh, Herman did a great job on Sunday's pack a day with the film review. Christian Watson also probably could have spaced himself a little differently on that route to give give Love a chance to throw the ball and put it in a different spot where he might be able to make a better play on it. But that touchdown throw to Romeo Dobbs, that's you don't make that throw because when I watched it, I was like, this ball's up for grabs, it's going to get picked off. Yep. But he knew Dobbs would make the play because 
they have that chemistry. Like that to me was another one where it's like, okay, you don't make that throw unless you know what you're doing. That was a, I know what I'm doing moment for him. I completely agree. Like when he threw the ball up, I was like, wow, that was like a breadbasket kind of catch. Like, you know, he had to turn around and make an adjustment to it. He knew the corner was facing, wasn't facing him. So he knew he had a shot like that. It was one of those, it was a trust throw, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like they've really developed that trust over these last years. And then the, the all off season work they do together. I think like, Everyone's always talking about Christian Watson because he is a phenomenal athlete. He's a phenomenal player. He's a freak, right? But I think Romeo Dobbs just being that, you know, he's a fourth round, you know, fourth round pick out of Nevada. But like, I really feel like we're going to see like that volume based aspect of a wide receiver come out of him. And you're going to see the wild plays with Watson. And for him to take that step and just throw like the pass before that, even where he kind of, you know, bootlegged out and he sidearmed it to him right where he can only catch it. I was a beautiful toe. Dude. I mean, I don't know. I just think that Jordan has really shown the poise that we didn't see in that Kansas City game. Like you were just saying, that poise thing was a really big thing. The way he carries himself. And something that you mentioned, too, that really got me was, like, all the players have been very supportive of him. And I feel like if you remember back in the day when Hunley was starting, yeah, they were supportive, but it wasn't that same kind of praise, right? Mm -hmm. you, know, you could almost be like, hey, we can't wait for Aaron to get back. Right. Well, and to be and, and to be fair, it was always Aaron's team. When Brett was in there, it was yep. it was it was never he was never going to be the heir apparent. I don't I don't think that was the case. But yeah, it's right. it's a different. You're right. It's a different vibe. Yeah, and I I feel like just everyone's like, oh, well, they're supposed to say that. I'm like, no, they don't really have to. It could really temper people's expectations. If they didn't believe in the guy, you would feel the tone would be completely different. But the messaging has been pretty consistent across the board, and I'm. And I just think when you see the way he vibes with all the players, you have that youth and it, you know, he can be more relatable maybe than what we saw last year with Rodgers. I, I just really think that we're going to see, we're going to see a team game in comparison to we're always depending on Rodgers to win it for us. You're going to see this team trying to work together to win the game as a team, which is something that I feel like we haven't seen in a very long time. Well, and David Bakhtiari has not really bitten his tongue much this off season. At so <laughs> if he's coming out and, supporting Jordan Love, like, sure, it could be a little bit of player speak, but if mm -hmm. he's saying it, I, I'm I'm buying it. I, I really do think this Packers team, this is, I, I've said it before, and I don't think a lot of people are, are calling this a throwaway season, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of tempered expectations. And, like, you asked me, like, hey, where do you see this team? And I talked about it a couple shows ago. I, I'm in the 9-8 and eight camp, but like yep. I said, we could very quickly and easily be talking about a team that's going to end up winning 10 or 11 games if the ball bounces the right way, because if all the good things that we saw from the preseason and in training camp so far are going to translate onto the field and love, isn't going to make a bunch of first year starter mistakes. And he's going to correct some of those things. They're going to win more games than not. They're, they're going to, they're going to be good. They're going to, they're going to be a good team this year. I, I, I completely agree. I feel like the difference you're going to see here between him and Rogers is that the pressure on love is just to perform. Right. And, there's he has high expectations of himself the coaching staff does too but he knows that he needs to just run the scheme he knows he needs to just kind of believe in his coach and be able to show hey look i can try to make every throw or i can let i can let my guys aaron jones aj Dillon, and hopefully we'll see who kind of makes out that third running back because wilson looked amazing right let them really carry the load and take some pressure off of him because i mean how many times do we see when we get in goal and goal and distance to go you know, we're RP, RPO and out of it trying to throw the ball. I don't see Love doing that unless you see something on the defense. For the most part, he's probably just going to let them run the ball. And I really feel like we'll play more of a 
game efficient game where like mm-hmm. you will see more emphasis on the run game and just trying to let let the team as a whole work together to get love up to not up to speed but just to get him as comfortable as possible to be able to then to go out there and ball like he has shown he can do in past times in college yeah and so now now for me with him i want to hear that he had a good follow-up practice like they're practicing they practiced on sunday then they have the joint practices this week with the patriots on wednesday and thursday then preseason game two is on saturday obviously Mm -hmm. if love's gonna play and i assume he will I want to see him come out and be at least as good, if not a little better than he was, you know, obviously get a little better, improve. Same thing in practice. I don't want to hear that he's throwing late down the middle and all those things that are bad mm-hmm. yep. and regressing. But continue to grow and, and, and get in sync with these young receivers because there's so much to be had. It was fun watching them finally move around. Uh, you know, as far as the young receivers go, Jaden Reed's got some fire to him. I he really, is. I, I, he, he, he's got a little bit of that Jair, you know, yep. in him where you could see him getting into some DB's heads and I'm excited to watch him like as a, as a gadget player and having that, I, I think that's going to be so much fun. That throw from, I think it was when Clifford was in over the middle to Dontavian Wicks that could have been picked off by two different Bengals yep. and they both missed yep. it and he caught it. And I'm like, I had to rewind it. And I was like, how did he catch that ball? That window, that window was so small, but just, just make plays, man. I mean, it's, it's not that Aaron's going to do it. I have to be where I Aaron wants me to be the hand signals. Like, do I know the hand signals, all that stuff? Like you said, just go out and play ball. And that's what I'm excited about is is it's not going to just be so one person centric. You know, it's it's all exactly. going to it's all going to click together. The offensive line, it's I'm not real good at watching the the O line and, and we I watch the ball and and I I have to go back and watch the the O line. You mentioned mm-hmm. Josh Myers and he said he actually graded positively. Your take on the offensive line because it's it's important because they're very good and Love needs it. Obviously Zach Tom's going to be a part of it. I still maintain that our best case scenario is Myers can hold it down at center so we can have Zach Tom out at right tackle. And then if you want to figure out who you're, who's going to play right guard, if, if you, you don't think it's going to be Runyon Jr. and somebody unseats him, that's great. But what's your take on the offensive line? And who's your who, – I mean, obviously Bakhtiari and Jenkins on the left side, but who's your who are your five? So my five is, you know, 69, 74. I don't – I have not been really impressed with Myers, even though I, I had to admit he graded out well in the game. I have just haven't been really impressed with his pet, draft pedigree, how well he did in Ohio State, and then to see him in the league. I just am like, man, like, I want more, right? I think a lot of us are buyer's remorse because we see Creed Humphrey just killing it over there mm-hmm. in Kansas City, and he was pick later, right? But honestly, I do. I would love to see Tom on the field no matter what. Yep. Because he's he reminds me of Jenkins 2.0. He can play anywhere on the line, right? Do I put him at center and now am I hampering his ability to be a tackle? That's a possibility, right? I think Runyon is an unsung hero. I think he's had his he's had his, you know, he's been pretty consistent. He has had some blips, but the guy can play. I mean, he's really good. I he I I think right guard, left guard, left tackle are set. Center and right tackle is a little little wishy washy. I love Yash. I love his story. I love, you know, just everything he kind of came up through. Um, and I really feel like he did get beat up really bad by Hutchinson in that game in Detroit, right, in Green Bay. But if you could somehow find a way 
to get him on the field and put Tom at center, I would roll that way. Just because I haven't seen as many like mind slips on Tom as I have in Myers. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I just have not been impressed with Myers at all since he's been in the league. And that's just my personal opinion. I know people have been like, well, he's not that bad. PFF has scored him decently. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you want to see improvement. I don't know if we've really seen that with him. As for Tom, you haven't really seen too many blips on his radar, right? He's been pretty consistent for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah, to your point is if Myers is going to be okay, fine. He can play center and put Zach Tom at right tackle. But if it's a yep. if it's a bad Josh game, then yep. what you're saying is is maybe the less risky proposition is put Tom out there who you know isn't going to have a bad game. You don't have to worry right. about whether or not he's going to have a bad game. And you still have Yash at right tackle who, yeah, he struggled. He struggled. And then who was it that came in and kind of, held Hutchinson down, it was Zach Tom. It was Zach in, Tom. In that game. Well, I, I, we can't fail to uh, forget to mention Rasheed Walker. Mm-hmm. I loved him coming out of Virginia. Uh, sorry, Penn State. Yeah. And he's a left tackle by trade, right? But if he can somehow learn right tackle, you get his butt over there. And Caleb Jones too, right? I mean, you got a lot of guys on this field, on this team that can really maybe solidify that right side where you could put Tom at center and then you will have Yash as a swing tackle because that swing tackle position is probably almost just as important as a blind blind you know a blind spot protector right left tackle right tackle whatever the quarterback's hand is right I think like having someone there that can do both positions and then having someone solidify as a right tackle will go far for us in the long run. Yeah, well the O line is going to be important and it's it's nice to have a solid one there when we already have questions at quarterback. At least we know that he'll have the opportunity to succeed well and not have a situation like I guess I'll use I'll use why not let's pick on the Bears right that where where you just don't know if if the protection is going to be there or the Jets Mm -hmm. right Rodgers is in New York the Jets offensive line I mean there's some teams that okay you've got the quarterback situation figured out or in Chicago you're still trying to figure out the quarterback situation and your offensive line is a big question mark at least in Green Bay they've got they've got that solidified but I think they need to also figure out what their long-term solution is going to be, like you said, at left tackle. And I know they like I know they like Rashid Walker a lot. Caleb Jones a little bit more raw. He's got a lot of size, but he's got to prove that he can play on a consistent basis because that left tackle spot's really, really important. And then what could mm-hmm. end up happening too? Your point about if, if Zach Tom plays center and hampering his play at tackle is if they think he's the long-term solution at left tackle, then. Is it you know is it easier for him to transition from right tackle to left tackle and have to as Josh Sitton said wipe his butt with his left hand or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. move from center to tackle where it's a completely different position set of responsibilities footwork all that other kind of stuff too but it's a good problem to have I mean they've got a lot of good offensive linemen and I'm curious to see how that whole thing is going to shake out hopefully everyone stays healthy because injuries sometimes end up just deciding those things and it would rather would rather have everybody available and do what you know do whatever they need to do to to get that figured out. I will say Royce Newman, I think is, is on his way to playing himself off this team. He did not play very yep. well in that preseason game. At, uh, I can't stand he, him. He just, he just really doesn't, he, you just notice him. And the thing about offensive linemen is that you, you know, ideally you don't want to know who they are. If their numbers or their name is being said a lot on the, on the telecast, it's probably not a good thing. Royce just, he just has not, has not looked good. Sean Ryan was okay he's got a long way to go. He missed a whole season. So he's got a long way to go to, to get himself settled in there. I know they're going to give him opportunity after opportunity being a third round pick. That's just the way that life goes. But if it, if it comes down to it and 
he's just been okay. I think you have to keep Runyon out there at, at right guard and and roll with the guy who's played four seasons for you now. It's going or going into his fourth season, and and he'll he'll end up being okay, I think. But on on the offensive line, going to be a fun battle to watch. Sean Clifford, backup quarterback. He's got a chance to be one of those cult cult hero type players for the Packers. God. He was running around, slinging it, jump passes, all that kind of stuff. Now I will say this: he looked a lot better than I thought. Uh, my big issue was the 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 pick six, and I will say this. You just you if a if a guy gets a pick six on uncontested or untouched, the quarterback threw the ball. So right. you can say everything you want about the protection. I think that was one where Sean Ryan didn't he you know he whiffed completely whiffed on his you block. Exposed, yeah, yeah. That's completely whiffed on his block. I get that. If a ball's tipped, like that's different. But it's it's never okay, regardless of whether he's in his first NFL game or not. Like you still you cannot make a throw like that. Now, obviously, we're not talking about the future of the Green Bay Packers in in Clifford. Mm-hmm. But he is going to be the backup quarterback, and if Love has to miss any time, he's going to come in. What did you What did you see from the backup there? So it's funny because I was when he got picked, I lost my damn mind. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This guy is not on anybody's draft board. He's undrafted, rank all this and that, right? Draft, draft. What is it? Draft industrial complex thing. Yeah. I can just hear Corey and Aaron just yelling at me right now. But he showed out. He looked good. Mm-hmm. Like for a rookie quarterback that's never played in the NFL. I know it's against twos and threes. He looked really good. I, that throw to Wicks was nasty. And I'm a big Wicks guy too, right? And even and that was a big thing that I think a lot of folks said, that he had to pick six. He had a pick, but he bounced back. And he dealt with adversity where, like, you know what? That's fine. I made those mistakes. I'm going to keep trying to win. I'm going to use my legs. I'm going to make right decisions. And something that you said about Jalen Reed, Reed that I wanted to say that I was a big Jackson Smith and Nickba guy, right? I wanted him like as if like he was Michael be my son. Yeah, right? everyone, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. But the things that came out about Reed in the draft process was just that he, he they were calling him the Steve Smith, Steve Smith Senior 2.0, based on his size, based on his build, based on everything, right? Demeanor. And, Give me the dog. Yeah, me the dog, right? And game and watching Clifford just connect with him time and time again, I was really impressed. I, like I said, I think Clifford. What was the big thing about him coming out was that he was going to be the guy Tuesday through Saturday, right? He was going to be the guy working with Jordan, game playing, things like that. And on top of that, too, if he come in and take a couple snaps, because, you know, it's the NFL, right? 100% injury, right? So I think, like, having a guy there that can run the offense like he did, I feel like Brock Purdy has showed that these offenses that Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur, they run, that if you just – Got a quarterback that can just follow the scheme and make good decisions and then use their talent to amplify it, you can really go far. And I feel like Clifford, with all that experience that he had at Penn State, is going to probably help benefit him here, right? And, yeah, he looked good. I'm not going to lie. I have to, I have to eat a little bit of crow because I was, I've been the biggest hater on him. And now I'm like, man, all right, you shut me up. And I need Myers to do that, and I need uh, Joe Barry to do that, and I'll be okay. <laughs> See, I think I think we're the same in that like we have our pain points with this team, but listen, if they're going to show up and, and exceed our expectations, we'll gladly give them the credit that they're 100%. due, right? Joe Barry's yep. defense at one point was holding teams to just under 20 points a game, which was great. And if they're going to do that's that, winnable. okay, great, then that's totally doable, but then the problem yeah. was is that they regressed and they didn't do that for a stretch of the of the of the, of the season. And then obviously when it counts the most in the playoffs and you're, you're giving up big plays or you've got Kevin King holding in an NFC championship game, all that other kind of stuff too. I get the coaches aren't on the field. 
But if these players and coaches are going to step up and outperform, great. Then if, if the pain point becomes not so painful, then obviously it's, you know, the universe is, you're going to give yourself a chance to, to win games. The universe is going to work in your favor, right? So that's, yeah, I, that's, that's, just, that's just that. I mean, yeah, Clifford looked good, made some plays with his feet. Listen, he's not somebody we want to play. Like you said, actually, I love what you, how you phrased it, Tuesday through Saturday. But that's really important, too. That's the key. Because a lot of the way that these guys are going to succeed is by watching film. One of the reasons why Rasul is so good isn't because he's the fastest guy out there. I mean, it's a reason why he was on a practice squad, right? But he's smart and he understands how to study. And he's also got that mindset that we love, too. It's that intangible that you can't, you can't really put a, a number on. It's just, do you have the, do you have the mindset? And that kind of transitions me over to somebody I'm sure, you know, you, you noticed him too. Emmanuel Wilson, the running back, the undrafted free agent. Now, what a cool story, first of that all. That story is amazing. I got me in tears, man. I was like, wow. Like- what a cool story on the anniversary of the loss of his father eight years prior. I think it was eight years. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it was several years ago. And here's a young man who's excited as hell to make his NFL debut and just shows the F out. I mean, he yep. played a game. Malik Heath had kind of been like that training camp darling we have every year where everyone's like, oh, who's going to be the undrafted free agent who's going to make it? And I think Heath also has a chance yeah. to be he, a player on this team. Yep. But I think Emmanuel Wilson is now that dude. He takes over at this point. Like, everybody's rooting for him. But in, in, all, in all seriousness, though, at the running back position, let's talk about that for a second. So Tyler Goodson hurt his shoulder. It did yep. come out. Uh, I think Zach Jacobson tweeted that it looks like he appears to have avoided a major injury and he'll be back sooner than later. I don't know if he'll make it back in time for the season and what that's going to mean for the roster. Obviously very mm-hmm. important because the running back position, they need their RB3. They don't know who that's going to be. If it, Goodson can't be that guy because he's been on the, with this team for a couple of years, you could be looking at, at Wilson taking over there. Uh, I was pretty disappointed with Patrick Taylor. I, I thought he was very slow and hesitant. He almost looked like he was playing in a game as if he was in a practice. Where he was just kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, take the handoff, take a couple steps, and then go back. Like, no, you need to finish go the play. Like, he just wasn't decisive getting up and down. Like, he just – and he got he got creamed a couple times in the backfield, which also could have been the offensive line. I think his time might be coming to an end in Green Bay. And here you have this dude, this great story, and this this player who's taken hold. The Packers might have found a gem here. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm a, I was a big Patrick Taylor kid. I, I, he was amazing. Like his like college tape was really good out of Memphis, and then he had he was banged up when he came in. And once he got healthy, he had looked really good. He's really great in pass protection, good hands, everything, right? But you're right though. When you when you I was it's, it's funny when you see his preseason games and you get these guys that get one or two targets or one or two carries, right? And they have to make the most of them because if they don't, what are you going to put on film for people to see? Not just your team, but other teams, right? And you're right. He just didn't pop. And you saw Emmanuel Sanders, who sorry Emmanuel Wilson, who had literally a hodgepodge version of the offensive line and what he do he literally just he just took over a game and i think the biggest thing that everyone always says right that third running back position is always about special teams that like you have to be able to play special teams right and i think that's where we're gonna have to see if wilson can do that because from what i remember patrick taylor is a pretty good special teams guy and tyler goodson was pretty decent as well too so mm-hmm. that's gonna be the next i was really looking for that i was wondering about goodson what his injuries i was hoping there was a shoulder stinger and it wasn't a clavicle injury and, yeah, I think if anything, he probably goes on an IR or PUP. And then you have now, you know, Patch Taylor and 
Wilson are going to be gunning for that third spot. But, I mean, yeah, Wilson, yeah, I think it was like 14 years since his father had passed. And then oh, yeah, it, was it might like have been longer. Yeah, it was a while. And that's that's tough. I mean, I lost my dad a little over eight years ago. It's it's absolutely tough. But, you know, he he the tweet that he had, I have no idea what you have in store for me in two days. And holy mm. cow. It was on his birthday, right? It was on his dad's birthday, I believe, yeah, right? Yeah. I think. And just... I have to admit, like reading that tweet and then having Andy talk about it in one of his shows, it brought me to tears. You know, I I still have my dad, um, but a little crazy relationship there. But like, you know, I lost my mother and my grandmother raised me, and just to know to lose a parent, but you know they're always watching over you. Mm-hmm. And for him to perform the way he did on that special day, and you know, Aaron Jones, he lost his father, right? And for the, what he said about it too, I thought that was really cool. And you can just see like the camaraderie about the team, the little things that. Those little stories and those little bonds that you know of affection that we see amongst our players that we all can relate to and i love that human side of you know football right and so yeah i, I i'm really hoping that he can take that job and run away with it because i was a big kylan hill fan and unfortunately you know he he really definitely wanted to play and i think the coaches you know they appreciate him kind of pushing that narrative a little bit but the guy was amazing i thought he was awesome when he was on the field and i think wilson could be that next gem that we find yeah yeah, and they need that. I mean, they need dynamic players. They've this this isn't the the old Packers where they're they're big and slow, but they're bulky. Like this is a fast, swift team, and players like that are going to be helpful. They're 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 going to fit into what the what Lafleur wants to do offensively. We've we've literally been focused on the offense. We're going to talk some defense at at some point, but it's that that's where everybody's excitement is right now is about this offense. And here's another player that we've got our eyes on. That could be a lot of fun to watch, but again, same thing is always stacking game after game. So if Wilson comes out, hopefully not, but you know, puts one on the ground or something like that, that's something we want to see cleaned up, but we want to see him continue to play well and get more opportunities. And he will. I mean, I, I honestly think in this, at this point now, I don't know why you need to suit up Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon at this point. No. I think you should just let Wilson, and Patrick Taylor, I don't know if if we're going to see any more of Goodson in the preseason because he's hurt, but you might as well just let, just let those guys roll. Just let them roll. Let them play a game. Get them out there. Get them on tape. Let's figure out what we what we got there and and just and just kind of go from there. But a lot of these, it's I mean it's it's a very different Packers team in that this, it's so young and we don't have all the same veterans that that we do, but you see so much promise and they're they're still executing and they're still playing i know it's against backups but listen they won pretty handily in that game yeah, i know that since he's not playing but i mean they're still that's a super bowl caliber team yeah. once they once they get out there right no they joe burrow coast. i know it's yeah. different i i get that but but it's that defense is no joke that defense yeah. is no joke they got depth all day and i i couldn't agree more like lou nichols needs to get healthy and we need to really see him out there too because he was a draft mm-hmm. pick right but I really hope that Goody gets away from trying to keep draft picks for the sake of being draft picks, right? Because um, I'm a big RAS guy, relative athletic score, math bomb, who puts that stuff out is absolutely amazing. And um, I always love to see those kind of times. And it doesn't always translate, but you notice that more times than not, we have, like you said, we got away from that model of just you get high-end athletes with good film, you can't go wrong. And I think that we're really showing that with just just with our tight end position and just what we did there, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah I, I, yeah, I really can't wait to see these next preseason games. What we were saying about the Patriots coming in town, too, if there's a test for Jordan Love, it's going up against the mastermind <laughs> of the defense, like Bill Belichick, right? And 
they they always say them Patriots, man, they they don't play, man. They they start fights, they they push the envelope, they're gonna test you. I think it's gonna be a really, really great test, not just only for love, but also for Matt LaFleur to really, you know, just to chop it up and really see what love can do in that kind of in those kind of conditions. If I'm Matt LaFleur, I am asking Bill Belichick to bring it in practice. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Iron yep. sharpens iron, right? Yep. You're not you're not gonna see him this year anyways, unless you get to the Super Bowl, right? So I'm like, yo. Send your exotics. Do everything you can to rattle Love. I want to see how he can how he can. And I think Love will be fine. I think he will be able to adjust. He's a very very smart kid. Like the, the everything that's come out of him since day one has been extremely intelligent. I just had a real terrible last year because a lot of changes on that team. But man, like I really want to see him get try to get confused by Belichick and him just showing out regardless. That would be awesome. Like I would love to this. You know how we are. We're always like waiting for those updates, right? When it comes mm-hmm. to joint practices, I think uh, Coach LaFour is talking right now, um, and I'm just thinking, like, man, like, I just want to just hear updates from Ryan Wood or Tom being like, "Oh, Belichick tried to throw something I love, but he was able to hit, you know, hit the check down and make the right read." That's it. I don't need him to hero ball it. I just need the right read, right play, positive play. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm happy. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So you're like me. You have those sore thumbs on on training camp days, refreshing Twitter. Right? I'm terrible. Yeah, it's, I get no work done. I get no, no work done when the yeah <laughs> yeah from from what is it from August through February? It's football season. Like your time is your time is uh, very much differently spent and allocated throughout the day. So yes. you mentioned the tight end position. We might as well talk about this. So uh, unfortunately, a little thinner now. Tyler Davis has a, a torn ACL. He took a big shot in that game. He won't be back this season. His season is over. Core special teamer. Rich Bisaccia is, is, is down a man, a, a very big man on special teams. Tyler Davis was probably, if you rank your special teamers from one through 11 or whatever, I think Tyler Davis was one or two. He was a very, very yeah. solid special teamer. But on t- at tight end, that, that takes some experience off the, out of the position there too. Now, obviously, Luke Musgrave looked really good. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a big part of the offense and be a big a big contributor because he's so fast. We were talking before we started taking corners upfield. That mm-hmm. o- that's only going to open things up for Reed, Dobbs, Watson. You can't cover everybody. Then you don't, you know, right. did I even did I, you know, did I forget to mention Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon coming out of the backfield too? Like you just yeah. you just can't cover everybody. Tucker Craft looks pretty raw. Josiah DeGuara is still a thing. Obviously, he's tight end slash H back slash fullback and the offense is going to have to figure it out. But this is a position group that is exciting as it is of all the stuff I just talked about. This is also one that I have my, my fingers crossed doesn't implode and fall apart because if Musgrave gets hurt, for example, you know, football sport of hundred percent attrition. This is one of those times where I'm, I'm looking to Matt LaFleur to already know, Hey, you're going into the season shorthanded at this position. You can't afford, if you lose these guys, you can't afford to just trot out the same offense and hope that it runs the same way. Hopefully you have a pl- you have to have a plan. I'm, I'm critical of Matt LaFleur as far as, listen, it starts and stops with you. This tight end position is is that one. Every year that there seems to be one position that's kind of thin, this mm-hmm. is this is it this year. And and it's and it's big because it's it's a big part of the offense and you've got a, a new starting quarterback as well. I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's one of those things where I wasn't a big Tyler Davis fan because on offense last year, you just kept seeing him make mistake after mistake. But that invaluable asset of having that special teams locked down with Rich Passaccia and having his guy there, it's going to be tough. And you know how you always yell at me about, like, man, you want them to pick up everybody, right? And O.J. Howard just got cut. And I understand, like, draft pedigree, but he's been on, like, three, four teams. 
And but like he did have special teams chops when he was in Alabama. Mm-hmm. He has played special teams. He wouldn't be a bad guy to bring in and just to see he understands his role, right? And he should also know that, like you just said, Musgrave had injury concerns coming out of Oregon State. Kraft had some coming out of Dakota, North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. North Dakota State. I was like, he may be not too far from this from starting, right? And he could probably, you know, uh, resurge his, uh, resurrect his whole career by having a great outing with us. You never know. I think, but you're right. I think um, there was some Mac. I think it was Cam McDonald was a guy we had in training camp that we just cut recently, and he was a tight end. Maybe think about bringing him back. But we do need someone that's going to be able to eat, to get those special team snaps and do well, because you just don't want that to fall back apart again. Because, like you said, tight ends. I think with Musgrave, I feel like I don't know how much in line he's going to play. Right? I really feel like he's going to have that Jimmy Graham role where we kind of split out. I mean, hell, you had him out playing wide receiver and he was taking corners down the field, like and burning past him. Right? So I could see him being, you know, more of a on slot playing like almost a wide receiver position, kind of like Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey plays in and out. I definitely want to see Tucker Kraft get as much play as possible. Like you say, he's raw, but how do they learn, right? By playing more right. and more and more. And he, there was a, he, I don't know if it was Logan Wilson or someone that he took to the ground and he, I mean, when he was blocking the hell oh, out of them. Oh yeah. That yeah, was a great, that was a great rep. Yeah. And I'm like, I need that every single play. And I think he gets that down. He's the guy that's digging folks out and you got Musgrave, one catch and everything, you're going to be okay. But I think we'd mentioned it before with the wide receivers where they were going five wide a few times. I wouldn't be surprised now with this injury, they may keep seven receivers. That yeah. way they're able to – See, that's what I'm talking kind of That's what I'm talking about is have – you have to have a plan. I saw them go five wide a, a little bit in the in preseason game one. Now, listen, the scheme is not necessarily about winning the game. It's about getting the players on the field you want to watch. So maybe it wasn't like, hey, this is where we would go five wide. We're doing it because we want to see – Dontavian mm-hmm. Whiff, we want to see Reed in the slot. We want to see another rep of Dobbs outside or, you know, any of those other Heath, those other receivers and stuff like that. But you have to have a plan. And so maybe you do. This is going to this change. This is the kind of stuff that changes things. Someone's going to make this team that wasn't going to make this team before because Tyler Davis was going to be on it. So then let's yep. let's make sure that it's it's as solid as possible. And I, I think that, yeah, listen, OJ Howard. Sometimes things make more sense in in context, and I think he, I think that would be a great move. That's that's one I hundred I hundred percent agree with, because you yeah. need you need you need some experience out there. If he's willing to come in and do some lunch pail stuff and dirty work stuff, and he doesn't expect to come in and be tight end one. Listen, if you want to hold out and, and, and wait for a team that needs like a starting tight end, and you want to go do that, all more mm-hmm. power to you. Go for it. But yeah. if you're willing to come to Green Bay and be a part of this thing and understand like, hey, it's it's these guys' game and, and I'm playing a role. And I would think if you're on your third or fourth team, you should hopefully have that. You should already know that in your mind. I, th- I think that would be great. I think that'd be great. They're going to be scouring the waiver wire, having guys in for workouts, like all that kind of stuff too. Like this is, this is uh, I'll call it Ummer candy because, you know, you hear the names, you get excited. You're like, oh, these guys, we got to sign these guys, right? And there's always a couple surprise cuts every year too. Every the year. tight ends, not so much because it's such a valuable position. It's also a right. huge part of this offense. Like, I'm not just saying that, like, yo, it's part of every every NFL offense, but the Matt LaFleur offense is very, very big on the tight end. Mm-hmm. I mean, you if, you if you're trying to go 12 personnel, well, exactly. you need two tight ends on the field if, in order to do that. So, yeah, that's that's big. That's absolutely big. So, fingers crossed that things go well there. We'll see more of, of what's happening with uh, – 
with who they bring in and what they do there. But let's switch over to the other side of the ball and let's finally talk some defense here. I want to start with oh, yeah. this with the safeties because that's another position that's is oh. is uh, it, it's up in flux, right? So yep. we know Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford were the starters to, to start training camp, and they've had some other other players in as well. Now Jonathan Owens was out there to start against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I didn't love what I saw. I'll just say mm-hmm. that I don't think yeah. I don't think we have a starter there. That open field, just that terrible angle that he took, yeah. and just getting crushed there. It can happen to anybody. I don't know what the assignments were on that play. It's yeah. one play. You know, he did some other things that were okay. If he has to play though, because listen, you can only address so much on a football team in a in a season salary cap and all that. If Jonathan mm-hmm. Owens has to play safety, I think we're all going to be a little bit nervous on that back end on Sundays. We're going to have to hope that the corners lock it down, the defensive line and the linebackers who we're going to talk about in a minute show up huge and don't give the quarterback time to make the safeties not matter. Uh, Anthony Johnson is raw. That attempt at the interception, I'm going to be honest with you, I think his adrenaline got ahead of him. Uh, He was in the air for about five seconds. (laughs) It looked like it was crazy. (laughs) He jumped way too soon, but he was still hanging in the air. If he times his jump right on that, he easily picks that ball up. Uh, yeah. But but the safety position is another one that's got me a little bit nervous. I don't know how much of that you got a chance to watch. It's funny you say that. I did see that play by Jonathan, and I was like, please don't be 34. And I saw it was 34. I'm like, crap. Yeah. I was like, yep. the angle was just bad. And honestly, the, the, the offense, what they always say, these offense guys get paid too, right? I hate that saying because I'm like, I understand they get paid, but, you know, we've invested so much in our defense. Yes, our safety position has not had the same investment like the rest of the team did when it came on defense. And I feel like, I, I want to give Jonathan Owens a shot. I hope he improves from that game. Uh, I'm a big Tavarius Moore fan. I liked him when he was in the Niners. I liked him coming out. I think that he has an opportunity to take over if things don't work out with Ford and Savage. I love Savage. I just need hit, I need that light bulb to click because he was really coming on in the pen scheme. And then ever since we switched to the Barry scheme, he's just been really, like I think, just kind of drowning in, in his responsibilities and assignments. Rudy Ford is like, you know how they say there's players that just have one speed? That's Rudy Ford. Rudy Ford has one speed, and it's fast. It's, it is 100, 100 miles an hour every single time, and I love him a lot. I just I get a little concerned with his size because he's not the biggest guy out there. He, I mean, he's very, like, well-built, but he's, like, I think 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, he's not really tall, right? And I feel like if you're, playing, if you're playing him in free safety, you might be okay, but if you got him in strong safety and he has to kind of come down and cover – that happened in the Tennessee game when he had to cover Austin Hooper – in the slot and third and two. And like, they just threw it up to him because he was so damn, you know, he's so much, he was like six, five going to five, eight. I mean, yeah, it's going to be easy completion. So um, the safety thing has been really concerning to me. I was really, I'm hoping that Anthony Johnson jr. Can take a step, even though he's a rookie. I really liked him coming out him. I was getting him the seventh round. I thought it was a steal, but yeah, that safety thing is the one thing where I feel like we've never gotten safety right since Collins got hurt. Nick Collins got banged up. I was just going to say you're 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 speaking yeah. about the safety position and and remembering a time when we had one of the best, if not the best, in the game, Nick Collins. Yep. And yep. Butler and back at before him too. I mean, it was very very yes. it was a very rich safety history for a while in Green Bay, and it has not been that for a while. We've we've been waiting no. for that guy to come back. I mean, when Nick Collins was assigned number thirty six. You're like, wow, like, okay, that's a pretty big deal. And then for him to do what he did with that was, yeah, I mean, we've yet, we've been, we've been chasing that shadow for ever since 2011, right? I, you know, we tried with Haha. 
I think Woodson would have been fine if we didn't cut him too soon because he was amazing back there. Um, won't even talk about McMillan and uh, Stewart because that was just terrible. Mm-hmm. But you're right, though. I, I I really feel like if we don't, if we do keep seeing kind of shortcomings in that, we will hopefully consider a high draft position for that next year. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I mean, prime example that go ball to Watson, right? Dax Hill was a first round pick. I mean, he the, the amount of area that he covered being a single high safety was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like people, all oh, the ball. I mean, it was a good ball. It could have been a little bit better. I agree, and I agree with you too. Watson tends to kind of go more inside than when he could go outside, right? Like he kind of doesn't play his leverage points right when he goes on the ball. Hence, like in the Detroit game, same thing happened. But man, Dax just made Dax made an amazing play. And I was just like, man, like I remember you remember me when Jesse Bates came available. I was chomping at the bit, hoping you'd sign up. We had no money; we couldn't afford that guy. Right. Or anything this year, but yeah, safety is going to be a it's going to be a position where I hope to God our front seven can make the secondary look better, like make the part of the safety thing not be too big of a deal. Well, if numbers matter, Anthony Johnson's wearing thirty six right now. I saw that. I know, and I'm just like, okay, that's a that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, let's hope let's hope we get up to the hype, you know? Yeah, definitely. He's raw. His, I mean, he's raw, he's raw but if, if he, and it could be one of those things where maybe by mid season, he's ready to start playing some. And depending on how the season goes, if it doesn't go the way we want it to, you might end up seeing some of these younger guys taking some reps and getting ready for the future. Johnson could be one of those guys that ends up, ends up playing more snaps by the, by the middle of the season. I could definitely see that. I just, I just want to just see like, our secondary, when it comes to our corners, we really, really, really lucked out with Carrington Valentine. Like, there was a, I was, you know, I'm not a big Mel Kuyper guy, but he was really hyping up this dude. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, he was 100% right. I have no idea why this guy lasted seventh round other than the fact that he was kind of raw coming out of Kentucky. But, man, like, he just showed out. And he played a lot of snaps, and you really didn't see many flaws in this game. And I, I think we got another dog. And you know how you were saying, like, that dog mentality was kind of been missing from a lot of our players in the last few, in the last couple of years with Rasul, with Jalen, and now with with Carrington, and you got Ja. You, you got you, you got some you got some dogs on that team that I feel like we we needed that, and we haven't had that in a very long time. Yeah, no doubt. Well, right on script because Valentine was <laughs> Valentine's next. I mean, okay, when you find a gem like that. And and yep. and I'll give the Packers credit. So Brian Gutekunst, interestingly enough, is there's a faction that love him. And there's some that just aren't aren't with him at all. And I think some of those might be very much Aaron Rodgers like absolute just disciples, 100%. right? Which is fine. Yep. That's fine. Aaron yep. Rodgers, great player, did a lot of great things for the Packers, so you can appreciate him. But Brian Gutekunst just finding some of these gems you just kind of almost it gets to the point with some of these positions where it's like okay if Goody drafted him I don't know anything about this guy but I have to believe he's good because Goody drafted yeah. him and here it yep. is again Carrington Valentine offensive lineman Brian Goody has been has been very good at he found Quay Walker at middle inside linebacker which is one of the reasons why one of your boys didn't end up coming to Green Bay which is Eric Kendricks who's also my boy yep. That was yep, another yep. free agent that I would have agreed with you on. It would have been great, but let the young guys play, <laughs> right? But Valent, again, now, if you found a gem here, you just mm-hmm. this, you just absolutely made this team so much better because you have capable starters in Rasul and Jair. Stokes is starting to practice, right? But if Valentine can play right away and he's chippy getting his hand in there, you don't have to rush Stokes back, exactly. right? Because he got a fat, he called it a fast guy injury, which tells yeah. me like 
I don't want him coming back and getting another fast guy injury exactly. and then missing a bunch more of the season because we need him back. The story isn't written on Stokes yet. He didn't look very good last year before he got hurt. So I don't know what they have in him, but let's give him every chance to come back and do what he does. But Valentine looked great. But again, same thing, broken record. He's got to do it again, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him come out and get dusted twice in yep. the Patriots game. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, what do we really have here? It's that consistency. Mm-hmm. Like what, what do we, what do we have going on? But I'm with you. I mean, he, he looked great. Looked the part, uh, just, just absolutely balled out. Not afraid. This is the, the thing about some of these young players is it's very impressive to me. Cause think about this. If you and I were out there right now, obviously we're talking about like our, our like prime version of ourselves. The yeah. nerves would be hitting me like crazy, crazy. man. I'd be like, am I going to catch this ball? And these dudes act like they've been playing in the league for five years. Valentine has that look. But I, it's funny you say that because I got even I had nerves just coming on to the show today, so I can only imagine how it'd be on the field, right? Come on now. Probably more so. Probably more so because you know my 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 piddly little show here, and you're like, is this really a good use of my time? No, not at all. Not at all. I, was, I was like, man, I want to make sure I, I do right by Jason. I don't want him to bring me on there and I kind of cut up or something. Oh, but you, no, we, you, you, we'll be we'll be cutting it up again for sure. No, I I knew I knew this was going to be solid. I knew it would be solid, and and. Uh, now this is this is what I wanted. This is great. I like that that perspective on on everything. And you brought up a couple things like the Tuesday through Saturday thing. I'm I'm stealing that. I'm no, stealing that. Please, I'm gonna start. Please, I I stole that from someone after he got drafted. So don't worry. I, <laughs> we all, it's all we borrowed. All, it's, it's all borrowed. It's all borrowed. But no, it's funny you said it because like that's the biggest thing with with Stokes. I mean, he tore his he tore his MC. He tore, he his tore everything. Like it was yeah. bad. He had two injuries, a, basically. He had two injuries, right? He's in a wheelchair. They said. And uh-huh. I was like, holy yep. crap! Yeah. So I'm like, I'm with you. Where I want him coming back 100. percent Carrington now allows him to do that. He needs to stack success. Same thing that McCarthy used to say all the time: stacking success. I think like the fact that you have Nixon playing slot, you can maybe even pull him back. You can put him in that safety. You can put Carrington in slot, right? There's so many having another corner who can really play can really make help diversify our defense in the set in the back end because right now like you said you got Russell who I think really should be only a boundary corner right mm-hmm. you have John yeah. who you can really put anywhere anywhere right and then you have Nixon honestly I feel like you could play him anywhere because he's another one of those guys that just goes 100 miles an hour and now you got Carrington I am really holding out hope for Shamar Jean Charles he had a really good game this last week they said based on scoring break glass in I, case of emergency type guy but he's special teams so he's good yes he is, he is. and I just he was so good at Appalachian State, you know, boundary dude. I just, I don't know. I just, you know how we said last year secondary was really all over the place and maybe it had a lot to do with Jerry Gray and his discontent with Joe Barry, right? Um, but maybe now having Greg, the non-bounty gate Greg Williams there, having him there. <laughs> the other and Greg. The other Greg, right? But, I mean, there's been some glowing reports coming out of camp with the way he's been coaching these guys up. And maybe hit, maybe his investment in Carrington has kind of showed that out, right? I mean, like you were saying about Goody, too, where he was a Southeast scout coming up, right? So he's he's That's all he knows, right? And he doesn't really miss on those guys. Like, I, I was a big Quay guy coming out. I loved him. I loved his RAS score. I loved his ability for what he could do, not only on, on defense, but special teams as well, too. Um, and... I feel like, you know, you really can't miss when you kind of go southeast, even though I'm like, you know, and I'm an LSU fan by trade, so please don't shoot me. Um, but, like, you know, I, I went to high school and college in Louisiana, so that's why that kind of happened, right? But I just really feel like as an evaluator, Goody has had some blips. There's no denying that. But he has he has hit more than he missed, mm-hmm. right? And 
Um, obviously, we all know that Jordan Love is going to be one of the ones that could make or break him, and I hate to say that, um, but it's only just because, you know, of the investment with it, right? And he has earned enough grace based on the guys he's drafted after Jordan to where people can now maybe back off on that a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Where they can be, all right, well, look what he's doing. He's, he's getting steals in the seventh round and sixth round. We are getting starters there. We're getting starters in the fourth round, right? And then his first-round picks pretty much have hit for the most part. I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, not only the way he's constructed his team on the front end, but the churning of the bottom of the roster. Because remember in 2010, like, we, we picked up some guys that, you know, we picked up Howard Green and some other folks that you wouldn't have thought anything of, but they were such contributors down the road. That's what you're going to see if Goody can really make his hay. Because that throughout mm-hmm. the season, like we just said, 100% attrition. If you don't have the right guy there turning out the bottom of the roster, you will get left behind quickly. Yeah. And that's why I like, I like what Goody's doing. I like he's, that he's, yeah. and he's bringing guys in and constantly looking for better players there. I mean, Rasul was a mid-season fine. So he's not going to yes. stop when they, when they had the final roster. Like, it won't stop there. They'll still keep trying to churn it. That's why I like having a scout in that GM role. They, they, yep. The talent acquisition thing is important. You got to continue trying to give this team the best chance that they can. And, and they've found so many gems. Why not keep trying to find one? You might as well. I mean, the more swings you take, you're going to eventually find one. You know, you find your next Emmanuel Wilson or whoever mm-hmm. else it's going to be. And you're you're doing really good things. You're doing great things. Well, speaking of that, too. So I, I wanted to talk about the defensive line because mm-hmm. one of the big things I've talked about is these guys that need to make a year two jump. Devontae right. Wyatt has been all over the place. He has looked great, which is good. He was a first-round draft pick last year, a little bit older, not necessarily the Packers' formula for how they like to add talent because they typically go for younger guys. But Wyatt has done everything they've wanted him to do. Looks really good. Kobe wouldn't look, look, look good. He almost had an interception, you know, yep. but there's a reason why he's, he's a defensive lineman because he can't catch. They don't have good hands. Carl Brooks looked really good. This defensive line with Kenny Clark up front now is a thing talking about the protecting the safeties and making sure that they don't have like a rough time. The defensive line looked, looked really good. The big guys up front, you got TJ Slayton too. I'm, I'm encouraged. I think again, this might be another area where Goody and his scouting team, um, you know, really hit it out of the park. It's funny you say that. Cause I know coming into the season, people are really saying that a glaring weakness was the defense lines. We didn't have enough depth, right? We lost Dean Lowry, which I didn't think was really much of a loss. We lost Reed. Well, apparently it was, Umra, because if you listen to the Minnesota Vikings, (laughs) if you listen to the Minnesota Vikings uh, broadcast team and talked about all of those games that Dean Lowry wrecked for the Minnesota Vikings when he was with the Packers, apparently we need to be mourning that loss a little bit deeper. So I'm told. So I'm told. Yeah. Paul Allen is uh, (laughs) something else. To get to pay like he does to say the things that come out of his mouth, it's like Skip Bayless, basically. But yeah. uh, I don't think there was much love lost when we lost Reed. Uh, we lost Mr. Uh, Lowry there. And then also, you know, with Reed too. Reed had his moments. I'm not going to deny that. But the biggest thing was seeing that development with Wyatt and Slayton. I I love them both coming yeah. out. Yeah. And what I've always noticed is like Kenny Clark playing nose tackle. He's amazing at it. But like he takes on double, triple teams Has to. all the time. And it weighs on him, right? But now you got a guy who is a 330 pounds on – Slayton, and you got Wyatt on one end, you got Clark on the other end. Oh my God. I'm, I'm telling you, it is going to be a completely different defensive line in comparison to what we had. And I, I, I'm a big, big fan of Carl Brooks as well as uh, Kobe Wood. I love them coming out. I think like 
that speed size kind of like variable that they have man like this is going to be where uh what's his name it's our defensive line coach um Montgomery. Oh Montgomery. Jerry Montgomery. Montgomery. Jerry Montgomery. Uh, he's going to really need to, you know, earn his keep. You know, I think he does a pretty good job. I think that that defense line went from like kind of being suspect to really being a strength. And it, I think the biggest thing was what, what have we always been saying for the last couple of years is just get Kenny Clark some help. Yes. I think he finally got it. Mm-hmm. And I think another big thing was I, I've been a big, big fan of Jordan, Ford, uh, Jordan Jonathan Ford, that kid out of Miami from last year. And he had a real big, you know, coming to NFL moment last year, and then he just kind of fell off, right? They're saying that he's looked really good this year. And I, I just think that we went from a position of weakness to, like, a position where it has a lot of depth. And I think Lucas, Lucas Van Ness, too, will play on the line a lot. And him and Gary are built to be those kind of pieces that can be on the outside or on the inside. I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, Rebovich has an opportunity to really – do some stuff with our linebackers and our defensive linemen. I can't wait. I just Joe Barry is what kills me, but at the end of the day, like the talent is there. It's and we have an opportunity to kind of run away with it. Well, here's the other thing that that you could add into the mix: Lucas Van Ness with his hand in the dirt. You, exactly. You know, so you like that, exactly. like that Z roll. I didn't see much. What did you see from him that you did? I I, I can't give you a take. I mean, I don't know if you have one and you may not, mm-hmm. but because I, I, I didn't, I didn't see much from him in in preseason game one. Uh, he, he seems like the type that is going to be a really solid player for us, but it could almost be the Rashawn Gary thing where the first season we don't see, we see little glimpses of it. And then by year two or three, it's like, man, how did this guy not like play more in the first couple of years? He just needs time to like realize what his, his frame can do in, in the pros. So it's funny because like Rashawn Gary had the grace of uh, Zedaria Smith and Preston, mm-hmm. right? So they were starting, and then he would come in sporadically, and he was able to kind of learn the game. But the guy was a hard – he's always been a hard worker, and that stayed true, right? The biggest thing about Lucas is what? He's like looks like Hercules, and the guy is like just a – he's a physical specimen, right? The dude has hands like I don't know even how big they are. They're ridiculous, you know what I'm saying? But watching him in the preseason game, he had – I mean, he was out there. He had some moments. I think he had some rookie moments. Um, but the fact that Preston is still there, Rashawn is back, you still have Justin Hollis, you have J.J. Inabara. Uh, I really feel like you'll have an opportunity to kind of come up slowly. And then with as the season progresses, you're going to see him probably kind of hit like a hit the ground running in those ample up in those passing in situations. Right. But you even heard him too, like on, on some of the practices, like they said his run defense is no joke. Like he's kind of able to work down the line and really mess up a lot of run plays. I, I was, you know, I was happy with the pick and I obviously wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba, but man, like, just everything has been coming out in camp on Lucas Van Ness. That one, what was that one play? Yeah, where he blew up the Gura, right? I was like, man, mm-hmm. like if we can see some of that in NFL. I, 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 I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, that's 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 going to be awesome for sure. I mean, they bring them along slowly, but we need the, the young guys are going to have to play. That's going to be the story of this year. Is the young guys are going to have to play and contribute if they're going to do anything above what they should. And Van Ness right. is a big is a really is obviously a really really big part of that too. Yeah, I mean. Rashawn Gary, there's no doubt. Workout warrior. I'm like, he'll be, he'll be, he's going to be on this roster and active. I, I don't think that they'll hold him out. I, I, I do think he could play week one. And I, and I yeah. expect that he may not play a full game, but I fully no. expect him to be out there. And, and as far as the, the rotation goes, just churn it and, and make it as, I mean, Justin Hollins is probably not somebody you want starting and playing starter type reps. So hopefully Van Ness mm-hmm. can grab more of a role in the defense sooner than later as he gets gets integrated into the game. 
But with those bigger guys, those bigger bodies, it just it, it just takes some time. I mean, Devontae Wyatt took so long to get into the rotation last year to the point where we were all like, why does this guy not play? Is something wrong with yeah. him? And it's nice to see that there is nothing wrong with him. He's ready in year two to be that dude. I was going to say also, like, it's just nice to see stuff that we haven't seen before. We're like, oh, they're running a they're running a sweep or it's an outside run. Like, are we going to get there? Like, no, mm-hmm. we're going to get there. Like, this isn't Blake Martinez on, on, on oh, defense God. anymore. Like, yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. I knew it. Like, yeah. just, you know, good player, but there are certain things that he does and there's certain things he doesn't do. And speed was not mm-hmm. one of the things that he did. Nope. That's not a problem anymore. And it's not just no. the linebackers and the, the defensive backs, but these defensive linemen are dudes. They're getting after it, and it's – it's a problem. I mean, they they can get some pressure in the back. I mean, they can they can keep a mobile quarterback from destroying things like we've seen happen to the Packers before too. It's just it's such a refreshing look for this team to understand. Like, okay, it's about speed. We need more playmaking and guys that are just are not afraid to make the play. Just go do the thing. I mean, I saw some I saw some Cincinnati Bengals getting flipped in midair. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. like you know, hey, if you catch if you catch the ball and you come into my area, you're gonna pay for it. And that's the kind of thing that I love. I love to see from this defense. Yeah, I mean, this team looks looks really, really good. I had one last. Uh, I saved this for last because uh, it's you know, <laughs> there's these narratives that that grow from games and about the Packers that mm-hmm. are in, that are interesting to me. And so, what in the recaps, like you know, if I asked you, what are the co- most common two or three things that you saw that people were saying weren't so great? about the Bengals games, like what, what would they be to you? Uh, about, about how the Packers perform? About how the Packers perform. What were the top like two or three things that you consistently saw across the board that most people said like, oh, this wasn't as great? Uh, safety play for sure. Right, safety. Uh, uh, Jordan Love dinking and dunking and missing open throws. That mm-hmm. was a big thing that they were trying to attack on that, right? Mm-hmm. And... The third thing would be a positive and then almost causing a quarterback controversy is that Clifford looked better than Love. Okay. All right. I was I was going to say the kicker, Anders Carlson. Right. Anders. And- well, because I actually will say this. I'll say this. I'm not an apologist, and I have not loved that he struggled in camp, and his percentage has not been very good. Wasn't very good coming out of college. They drafted him. They drafted a project. If you draft a project, he's going to remain a project. Just find a good kicker who was good in yes. college. Bring them in. Yes. Let them be good in the pros. Let's not hope Bisaccia can work his magic on this dude. He goes out, and he has a great week of camp, great week of practice. Makes yep. was making everything. Uh, he missed two extra points, and everybody's railing him. And I get that that doesn't help his overall standing and it just it's a regression again remember the success like you want to see him go out and just have a great game well he made his only field goal attempt from 45 it was right down the middle he made two pats he made two pats and he missed two pats in a row i know that that's not great but i think everybody is conveniently forgetting that mason crosby also had his struggles with pats at times too like those were adventures at, at sometimes or you know he's going to make the 38 to, to 45 yarder consistently any at Lambeau in the cold in the winter no problem right two is money but those PATs are a huge problem and so to me it's like I still think Carlson is trending upward I don't think mm-hmm. that game set him back so far as far back as everybody else is is acting like it did I don't know what your take on that on that is are you are you as worried or is is it still concerning to you cuz those are points on the board yeah, I think 
the biggest thing for me is you draw you invest I think a fifth round pick in Andrews, right? And I feel like it's preseason. So you still can't you have to kind of you know take that into consideration. Um I've been a Crosby fan since the moment that boy came out of Colorado and he just was basically automatic. Yeah, he had his blips here and there, but it was automatic. I mean, I don't know how many games did we win because of him, right? And yeah, I think mm-hmm. he led the year it led the NFL in points his rookie year as a kicker. So I'm like, I don't know, but I think we have an unfair, um, we have an unfair, like standard set because of that. And the only thing I'll say is this: I feel like Andrews, just like his brother, came into the league. He had some kind of issues, right? But his brother was able to work it out. Now his brother's probably one of the best kickers in the league, right? I feel like we need to just have some. We have two more games, and honestly, I am calling Mason every single day. And I'm just like, hey, man, just let you know, if this shit falls through, I need you. I can cuss on here, right? I'm sorry. I didn't wasn't sure if I can cuss or not. 100%. Uh, uh, like, if this falls through, we, need, we might need you, right? And, uh, and the thing is, like, we've seen guys like Evan McPherson, undrafted guy. We've seen so many undrafted kickers who do outstanding, right? Yeah, Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the league, undrafted. So that's the one thing that I'm going to tell that Judy has a blind spot is his special team picks have not been good. Yeah. He is – He's kind of, kind of struck, kind of struggled with that. Rich knows. I this that's what scares me about that because it kind of was like a nepotism thing, right? Like he knows the Carlson family. He's kind of been with them up through the thick of it. I really hope to God that was what played into drafting him. And I think it probably get, was a little bit though. And and but yeah, right? but here's like, the other but here's the other thing. As much as you're not confident in Joe Barry to run the defense, right? How confident are you? Like, how less concerned are you about Anders? Because it's rich that's working with him, and I don't know. You're I, any anything. It could flip, be anything. But flip. how how do you feel about that? I completely. I know where you're going with that, and that's the opposite. I have more confidence that Rich can fix him, because he he has proven that he is a, he is a legit successful special teams coach in this league. There is a reason why. Like, he, I mean, he, he could have been a head coach in, in Raiders, and maybe they should have hired him. They right? probably should have. They probably should have. Right. And if anybody if anybody can fix this guy, it's going to be him. Hundred percent. It will be rich. That and I, that's the reason why I'm willing to bring in. Like I think Andy said it right. Bring in some competition, right? Bring in some folks to here to challenge him. But I definitely would. I would. I would see what Rich has to say. The only. The only blip I would say is this: Rich was also the guy that was okay with trying out Amari Rogers on punt returns time after time after time when he was just not good at it, right? Yes. So. Uh, the the way our team adapts sometimes drives me absolutely insane. But uh, I I have all the faith that Rich can fix it. If anybody can, Rich can. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I think I think so too. And you got to give it some time and let's see how he does this week in practice and in the game. If he comes out and buries everything this week and has a perfect showing in preseason week two, I think everybody's fine. But it was yeah. just interesting to me because like reputable, everybody's like, oh, this doesn't look good, and I'm like. I guess it would have made more sense if he missed two field goals and made all of his PATs. Exactly. Right? But I'm like, yep. we're talking about we're talking about practice. Like we're talking yeah. about <laughs> we're talking about two PATs and I'm just like, listen, the the all-pro, you know, Hall of Packer Hall of Fame kicker who we just finally bid adieu had his struggles with PATs and those kicks are just not gimmies anymore. I would rather have him make the three pointer than than the two one pointers. You know those those I, are those yeah. are it's and he and and that field goal was right down the middle. 
I mean, it was it, it was. was uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I saw it. and I was thinking, saying, I was like, okay, he, he hit the shit out of that ball. I was like, all right, he know what he's doing there. It's, it's and like, and yeah. well, yeah. And did you notice every single kickoff found the end zone finally? Yep. And yep. Waylon kicked off a little bit too. That's interesting. The punter competition. We don't have to really get into that too much. But Whalen kicked off a little bit, but Anders Carlson obviously has the leg. Like there's no more yeah. like this ball is only gonna only gonna go to the two and it's gonna get returned. Like right, we're gonna right, see right, the return right. of he's he's got a strong like you said, he's got a strong leg. Yeah, he Carlson. can kick it out of a stadium. And I was good, I was just gonna say when it came to the his his ability to just kinda like kinda lock it in and hit that one field goal, I was like, all right, I'm okay there. Biggest thing we we won't get into it because you know how it is when it comes to a long snapper and a holder. I know that plays into it too. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like, hey guys, you have one job, and you just need to make sure you do that job to the best, the best, right? And yeah, I just I'm gonna give some grace, but I'm not gonna lie. I, I'll have a short, short fuse when it comes to just I, I need. I just want, like you said, improvement. What do mm-hmm. we say about Jordan Love all this time, right? We've seen steady improvement every single day since ever since that Rogers been gone. I want to see a Sandy with Anders. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are, those are points. Like I said, those are points on the board. It's, it's, yeah. it's important no matter how you slice it and dice it. Like your kicker has to do well. And, and I, and I don't know that we necessarily need a kicker con- like controversy. You can bring somebody in if you want to, if you think you can mm-hmm. find somebody who's better, but he seems like he's got the pedigree to be somebody where we, we be, we can be a little bit more patient with him. And then I think it will pay off once we, right. once we do that. But Great breakdown. It was great to have you on. I appreciate it. As always, obviously it goes without saying, you'll definitely be welcome back. I mean, we we uh, may be seeing more of you around here soon in, in one capacity or another. You do such great things. But remind everybody, if they're not already, I feel like everybody's already following you, but if they want to uh, find you on Twitter, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, Amar3455 on Twitter slash X, whatever the heck it's called now. Um, and I want to thank you again for having me up. But this is awesome, man. I, I lost track of time for how long we've been talking. And this was really great. And I would love to be back. Uh, I definitely would. I enjoy the hell out of this. And I'm really looking forward to having more conversations with you about Packers and just everything. It was awesome. Yeah. No, thanks for coming on. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thanks. And thanks, everybody, for riding along with us here on the Quick Slants podcast. Obviously, we'll be back again next week with another breakdown of preseason game two, the week that was. Great, great time having a, a Packers conversation with Umar Desai. We'll have you back on again at some point in the in the future. Uh, thanks, everybody. Hope everybody's summer is going well. We're even closer to real Packers football. It's coming. It's right around the corner, so just hang in there. Everybody, hope you had a great weekend. Have a great week ahead. And as always, go Pack Go. Off play action. Back to the throw. Prescott with time. Rifles it over the middle through the hands of Cooper. Intercepted. Intercepted. Hurdles a defender, cross the 50, and into Dallas. 